Good morning, everybody. Good morning to the online community. We're glad you're here. My name is Chris Neal, and I'm honored to get to be here this morning. I'm the associate pastor here at Grace. Uh, Tommy, the lead pastor, he's off getting some well-deserved rest and relaxation. So this is our fourth, or this is our second week of four services in a row. Yeah, I got some applause. I don't know. But I do think it's interesting because last week we had a nine-minute video. This week, Tommy's not here. So. No. Pray for Tommy. Tom, if you're watching, we love you. <laughs> no, man, and I value Tommy's friendship and his leadership here at Grace. And man, so wait till tomorrow to text him and tell him how good I was. But let's just let him rest today. And so we're glad you guys are here. Um, and so we're in our seventh week of experiencing God, Unit 7. And, and last week, we kind of got challenged to keep moving and to keep trying and to keep growing. It's kind of the hump point, and now we're on the downhill slide, and we just want to keep moving. But before we move on, does anyone, and online, you can start typing now, because we've got people in here that are fast. So if you want to start typing the memory verse in the, in the little chat box, now's the time. But if anybody in here know the memory verse from last week, we got one? Yes. Yeah, great. So hopefully somebody online beat her, but, but that was right. And you think she's sitting on the front row and that's why she knows the verse? That everybody on the front row knows the memory verse? No. I can assure you they don't know. Why do we do this? And I want to encourage all of you to really think about this. We do the memory verses, and you online as well, you can play at home. Like We write these memory verses across our heart. When you memorize something, you write it across your heart. And then when you need it, God brings it to your mind. Like, Where'd that verse even come from? It's because I memorized it years ago, and God wrote it across my heart. And when I needed it most, God brought it out. But if it's never memorized, never written across your heart, it's going to be hard to use it when God wants to use it. But we are glad you're here this morning, and we're going to move into week seven, and we got a brand new memory verse for you guys to try. So let's start there. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So at first glance, we kind of see this, this verse talks about faith. And really, the whole book of Hebrews is this beautiful book about faith, of putting your faith into action. And as we've been reading and experiencing God this week, we've learned that every encounter that you have with God always requires faith. So every encounter that you have with God always requires faith. But, but what is faith? And that's where we're going to start at this morning. This young lady already knows. But that's what we're going to start about this morning. It's in Hebrews 11.1. 1. And Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. It says that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Hebrews 11.1. 1. That's pretty easy, huh? We'll get out of here. We'll get to the buffet. Everything will be good. Everybody home can start making lunch, right? <laughs> but faith is this confident hope that God is, and then this faith over time becomes this, this mechanism, this thing that, that, that God uses to assure us that God will do what God has promised to do. 
So that's faith. And if you're here today and you're not sure about any of this, and if you're watching online and you're, you're still trying to get this thing to stop playing, like you don't even know how this got on your screen, like please just keep watching. Because if you're not sure about any of this, just hang out with us for today. Just listen to what we have to say. That's all we're asking you to do. And we also believe that, that you're not here by accident this morning, that you didn't get this feed in your house by accident this morning or on your lap. Like, it's not by accident that you are hearing this message today because we believe that God has been pursuing you, that God has called you here, that God has somehow worked his way into your house to talk to you this morning. And we believe, we believe that God wants to have a God-sized encounter with you and with all of you this morning. That's what we believe. And if you got up this morning and you're like, uh, and then you decided to stay home and watch the online service because you were running late, and now you're at home and you're kind of frazzled and you're sitting there and you're not sure about this, like, in this moment, I want to challenge you to put all that stuff away and in here put all that stuff behind you and think about what would it be like to have a God-sized encounter this morning? Or else why are we here? Like, why are we doing this? If you're not here and you're not expecting to have a God-sized encounter today, like, why are we doing this? If you're watching online, like, I just want to challenge you to think about that. Let's look at the memory verse again from this week. So it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so there's not a lot of wiggle room in this verse, is there? Like the, the words impossible and the words must. I mean, those are some real absolute words, right? Some pretty like definitive words. Unless you use those words when you're trying to tell your kids what to do. And then those words become meaningless. But, <laughs> but God says, like, you must come to him in faith. Like, you must come to him, faith, and you must believe that God exists, and all that, man. That, over time, can kind of make us question our faith, right? Do I have enough faith? Like, do I have enough faith, God, to come to you? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I'm getting worried about this now, God. But I think the better question that we can ask ourselves this morning, and all of you online can ask yourself this morning, is this. What are you doing with the faith that you have right now like what are you doing with the faith that you have right now in this moment how are you putting that into action you know the bible talks about this little bitty tiny mustard seed of faith that's all god is asking you to use this morning is the faith that you have right now in this moment and then this week in experiencing god we read about this thing called a crisis of belief and so first off, I want you to think, not think of a crisis as belief as some kind of bad thing. A crisis of belief is not a bad thing. It's actually a good thing. So a crisis of belief is an opportunity for us to put whatever faith we have, to put that little tiny mustard seed of faith into action. That's what a crisis of belief does. God uses these, these little tiny crises of belief to put your faith into action. That's a challenge for you to say, where's God want me to put my faith into action today? And when you do this over time, these moments, these crisis of belief moments, they become real turning points in your life. 
And as we learn this week in experiencing God, everyone faces a crisis of belief nearly every single day, most of the time, several times a day. Because every time you have an encounter with God, crisis of belief. Every time God speaks to you, crisis of belief. Every time God moves significantly in your life, every time God moves, crisis of belief. And in that moment, just like we talked about last week, like you have to decide, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to respond to this crisis of belief? Or you can say it like this, my bad boy face on, what you going to do when your crisis of belief come for you, right? <laughs> but don't miss this. We use the faith that we have right now so we can move on to have even more faith in the next moment. So all God is asking any of you to do here and any of you all watching online is to use the faith that you have right now in this moment. And for many of you that have been doing this church thing for a while, you're like, check, had my crisis of belief. And for me, I thought when I first read this, I thought, yeah, crisis of belief is, is this salvation moment. It's this moment where, where you decide whether or not you're going to follow Jesus Christ. Like, well, that's going to be your crisis of belief. And I was like, check, had that. But Blackaby said, and that's a huge moment, don't get me wrong, that moment where you decide if you're going to follow Jesus Christ or not, that is a huge crisis of belief moment that we are praying that everyone in here has have or will have, and we are praying that this message goes around the world, and that people that hear this will say, man, have I had my, my salvation crisis of belief moment? But Blackaby says we have these crises of belief every single day. And I was like, how can this be? I don't even know what the plural form of the word crisis is. Like, I had to ask Katie, my wife Katie, she's, she's really good at grammar and all this kind of stuff. She said, it's crises, by the way. I said, oh, well, thank you. So now we all know. But the more I read about it and the more I thought about it, Blackaby was right again. Like every time God speaks, every time we have an encounter with God, like we have this, this crisis of belief. And so I want to ask you this question, and I want all of you at home to play along. If the dogs run around doing crazy stuff, don't listen to it right now. I want you to ask yourself this question. What crisis of belief are you currently facing? So what crisis of belief are you currently facing so let's look at it from this perspective, because God loves you, God only wants the best for you, God has great plans for you, and get this, God is willing to partner with you in this crisis of belief. So what is that God asking you to do? And so maybe God's been challenging you just to get involved in, in an online group here at Grace. Like we have online groups that you can be a part of through experiencing God. We have groups here at Grace, and we have groups that meet in homes. Maybe God's been challenging you to get more involved in that. Like we have a prayer team. If you are online, man, we can always use more people on the prayer team. Prayer is underrated. Like we have a prayer team that makes a significant difference in our ability to function and get this message out to the world. I really believe that. We have a missions team that goes out every Friday. And we have missions teams that does all kinds of stuff. Like we have students on Wednesday nights and the kids are coming back, man. We have youth on Wednesday nights and the kids are coming back. We have GC kids and stuff on Sunday mornings. Background check required, you know. But maybe, maybe God just wants you to start growing your family spiritually. 
Like maybe God just wants you to start praying. So if you have kids or you're married or if you have both, then maybe God's challenging you to just grab your kids' hands and start praying with them at night. Maybe, you're, maybe God's challenging you to start praying with your wife or with your spouse or whatever, but God might be challenging. If you're single, maybe God's challenging you to start praying for your future single life or for your future spouse or whatever it is. But maybe the, one of the first things God wants you to actually start doing to put your faith into action is praying, like consistently Maybe, let's get crazy now, God wants you to turn off the TV one night a week and actually talk to each other or talk to your kids or talk about something that's going on and experiencing God. Maybe God wants you to just like start growing your family or yourself spiritually. Maybe that's where God wants you to start. Maybe God wants you to take this experiencing God seriously. Maybe he wants you to start it or to restart it. Maybe he wants you to really think about these verses that you're supposed to memorize every week and take the time to write them across your heart. Like, what is God asking you to do? Or we can say it like this. What you gonna do when your crisis of belief come for you? Like, what you gonna do? And why do we do this? Like, why do we choose to do all this? Like, why do we act the way we act? It's because true faith always requires action. True faith always requires action. So if we say we have faith, then we demonstrate that faith through action. And some of these things, like praying with your kids or praying out loud at meals or, or whatever, may seem like small things to some of you because you've been doing them for years now. But to some people, like, this is your crisis of belief. When I grab my kid's hand or when I grab my wife's hand and I pray with them out loud, like, this is my crisis of belief, God. Are you kidding me? But to some people, these are insignificant. And you're like, why do I got to be faithful in these things that seem almost insignificant? And here's why. Because you have no idea what our God can set into motion through one single act of faith and action. You have no idea. And just this week, man, experiencing God, there are tons of examples of faith and action in the Bible. But just this week in experiencing God, we read about the centurion. And the centurion, he had this God-sized encounter. And he went to Jesus and he said, Jesus, just say the word, man. I know my servant will be healed. Jesus like, I know it. All you got to do, you don't have to come to my house, Jesus. Just say the word. That's confident faith and action. That's hope that God exists, that God is real. This guy believed God who was who he said he was. And this guy believed that God could do what he said he could do. And he stepped out in faith and he acted with the faith that he had in the moment. We also read a story about the woman with the issue of blood. And she's like, man, I just got to get to Jesus. If I can just touch the hem of Jesus' garment, man, I know that I will be healed. Like, I just got to get to Jesus. And she acted with the faith that she had. And she said, I got to do whatever I have to do to get to Jesus. And this lady, man, she shouldn't have been where she was at. And she had been pushed to the margins of society. And she risked ridicule and she risked shame when she tried this. But she's like, I got to get to Jesus. And she acted with the faith that she had in the moment. And that's faith in action. That's confident hope that God exists. Need more examples? You could go home today, and before you turn on the TV, you can read Hebrews chapter 11. It takes about 7 to 12 minutes to read it, depending on what version and how fast you read it. But this whole chapter is entitled, Faith in Action, in the NIV version. 
And in this, and in this one little chapter in the Bible, we see example after example of people who put their faith into action. Of people who chose to put their faith into action. And you know what these people are called? They are called the heroes of the Christian faith. And you're like, yeah, Chris, of course they're the heroes of the Christian faith. That's why they're in the Bible, right? Hashtag Bible. That's why they're in the Bible, right? Of course they're in the Bible. They're heroes of the Christian faith. They're up in heaven going, made the Bible, suckers, you know, right? <laughs> but personally, I've had so many moments, like these moments where, where I had a crisis of belief and I had to choose how I was going to respond. And in their time, man, these moments were biblical proportion to me. Several of them were like this huge biblical moment where I had to decide what I was going to do. I had to decide if I was going to put my faith into action or not. And I remember, like it was yesterday, in 2012, and I had this beautiful hair, Laura. It was so beautiful. You would have loved to style it. I mean, it was just getting in my eyes. It was out of control. <laughs> That's not true. But anyway, in 2012, and Katie and I just started going to Grace. And at that time, for those of you that don't know the story, Grace Church was in the middle school gym over there, East End Intermediate School. And there was like 70 people, and we walked in there, and we went to the church, and almost immediately, we felt like God was challenging us to do more. And so as a family, and everyone can play along with this, as a family, we decided that we were going to attend 52 services in a row. And that was huge for us. I don't think we, either one of us had been to 52 services in our whole life. Online, you can watch 52 services in a row, but don't just watch it with the kids running around, the dogs going crazy, and another TV on. No, like make a space where you can actually hear God speak. And then we made a commitment as a family, and we were going to go to every service opportunity in the community that we could go to, as long as we could make the time, we were going to try our best to make that a priority in our life. Instead of movie night and stuff with the kids, we took them to serve on the streets. We took them to serve in the street. We took them to places like this because we had made this commitment as a family to put our faith in action. And after a few months of doing that, I felt like God was saying, Chris, it's time to do more. And so I started showing up early to put these chairs out in the gym. And I started staying late to stack these chairs and put them up in the gym because we had to move all these chairs. I acted with the faith that I had at the time, and I didn't know anybody, and it was awkward. And then Katie, she acted with the faith that she had, and she stayed home, and she kept our, our little baby girl, and she got her ready, and she brought herself and our baby girl. And then a few years later, she brought herself and our baby girl and our baby boy to church. Because she believed what we were doing was significant. She believed that we were putting our faith into action. And after a few months of doing this, that's right, after a few months of doing this, I felt like God saying, it's time to do more, Chris. And I was just standing there. I can remember this. I was standing by this little bitty connect table, and, and, and there was just like shirts and stuff on it. And God said, open that door. I said, What? That's going to make a difference. I said, what difference is that going to make, God? He goes, it's going to make a kingdom difference. Go open that door. I said, okay, that's a good answer, God. So <laughs> I went over there, and I started opening the door for people. Like, I, this is a true story. And on some mornings, most mornings, I felt super awkward to people because I'm not that good at small talk. And on most mornings, like, I didn't know what to say. And almost every morning, I was super sweaty because that's just one of my spiritual gifts. <laughs> what am I going to do with it? I don't know. I'm hard to catch. <laughs> But so here's what would happen. I'd get to church early, and I'd put those chairs out, man. And I did so much work there that I would sweat through my shirt. 
And so then I would go in the bathroom and I'd change shirts and I'd get some of those single one ply paper towels. You know, I don't know why our schools can't afford better towels. <laughs> and I'd wipe my head down and I'd get me some extra towels and I'd go greet people. <laughs> True story. And then one morning I went to the, to the, to the bathroom <laughs> and it was out of brown paper towels. And I was like, oh my gosh, crisis of belief. <laughs> so I got me some one ply toilet tissue. You can hear the wind coming off it. I wrapped it around my hand, put it in my pocket, went and greeted people, and I got done greeting people. I was on fire that day, man. Just bam, 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 bam. I knew people's names. It was great. And I was walking into the gym, and the lady's like, what? what is all over your head? Well, I don't know. So I went in the bathroom. There were these little bitty tiny white pieces of toilet paper all over my head. And so, yes, on some days I made people feel welcome. Like I, could, like I could see why God had me at that door. And on some days I had this awkward thing as people skirted by me because they're like, this is the best greeter they got. We ain't coming back here. <laughs> but some people, some days I call people by the wrong name. Some days I question if I should be there. Some days I question, like, why didn't I just sleep in the day? Why didn't I just sleep in the day? But after a few months, after a few months of doing this, I told Tommy, so I think God's called me in the ministry. I felt it for years, you know, and I just think, and he told me, that's cool, man. Let's keep going. I said, all right. <laughs> okay. And I, I couldn't even say the word ministry out loud. That's how terrifying this was to me. And after a few months of just moving along, doing all the stuff we were doing and volunteering when we could volunteer, Tommy goes, why don't you and Katie become the connect pastors here at Grace? He's like, you're here all the time anyway. Like, why don't you be the connect pastors and help us get this, this connect ministry going, these small groups going? And we're like, yes. He goes, there's no pay, of course. I said, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. So, and on sometimes, this is the process of years, of months, and years of doing this. Years. <laughs> I know, I can't believe it myself. <laughs> And on some days we felt qualified, like we could see, we could see the fruit. We knew why God was calling us to do this. We knew why God had challenged us. And many of you at home, like you see this, like you see why God is challenging you to make time. And you guys here that are making time to come back. And on some days we felt unqualified. And on some days we questioned if it even mattered at all. On some days, man, we can make a lot more at a better job. But yeah, right? But we kept pressing into our faith. And then, after a few months of doing that, God says, I need you to go to seminary, Chris. I said, what? I didn't see that one coming, God. He goes, I need you to go home. I need you to go to seminary so you can sure up your beliefs about God and about Jesus. Okay, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. And I could feel the magnitude of this decision. Like, I could feel the magnitude of this decision. And on my way to my first ever seminary class, like, I started crying. Like, I really started crying. And I don't cry that much. I cry in the dark like a real man. <laughs> but seriously, a crazy thing happened on my way to my very first seminary class. Like, I was crying so hard. I can like, I could feel, and some of you online, some of you here, you'll know this, you can feel. Like, I could feel my old life of this comfortable misery. Who's been there? Who, who, I could feel this life of comfortable misery just pulling me back. And I could feel this God-sized encounter stretching me and calling me forward. And like these huge crocodile tears were running down my face as I'm sitting in a gas station somewhere between Lone Oak and Memphis. Because I'm going to school like 4 a.m. in the morning. And I wrote this 
on the back of a notebook that keeps popping up right when I need it the most. And I wrote this. It says, faith finds expression in your life, and your life is seen in the way you follow Jesus. Faith finds expression in your life, and your life is seen in the way you follow Jesus. And I had my crisis of belief because I wanted to turn around. But I went on in that first seminary class, and I wish I could say I never looked back, but I did. But when I did look back, I would always remind myself that faith finds expression in your life, Chris. And your life is seen in the way you follow Jesus. Or we can do it like Blackaby says this morning. It says this. It says, what I do in response to God, God's calling reveals what I believe about God. What I do in response to God's calling reveals what I believe about God. And true faith always requires action. True faith always requires action. And man, looking back, all of these moments, 10 years now, all of these moments, and this is just a portion of my story, a portion of, of Katie and our story. But these moments that seemed insignificant, like looking back, these are turning points. Like these are turning points when we put our faith into action through these crises of belief that we have. And man, there are those of you here at Grace and you've been online, you've been coming here for like a minute. And you're not sure, and you've been thinking about, and you've had your crisis of belief, and you've been thinking about getting involved, and wondering how you can get involved in all this crazy time, and then you're like, you said, well, I'm just going to run from it, you know? And then you pushed it down, and now it's back again. And I want to encourage you to really start praying about that, to really start seeking. It doesn't have to be here. It could be in the community. Like I said, it could be in your home. Like God might be challenging a lot of us to start in our home. It's one of the first things Tommy ever told me. He's like, you've got to get your home spiritually in order before you can ever lead other people to God. I was like, snap. But faith always requires action. And this was a big one for us. And it may not be that big for some of you. But, but we, we're, like, we're going to go invite this family to church. This is when we're not members. We're not nothing. We're just people going to church. And that was a huge, like, like I'm going to go invite somebody to church. And it, like, freaked me out. And I want to encourage you online, send the message. Step out at work. Like, go up to somebody. Talk to them. Invite them. Because you have no idea what God can do through one single act of faith and action. And there are those of you, and you've heard about this 100K missions giveaway, missions like missions mission that we're trying to do this year, and you want to go above and beyond and start helping with that. And there's some of you, and you felt challenged to, to start giving like consistently, and I want to encourage you to step out in faith and like really believe that God can change your life through this because faith always requires action. But today, like you have to decide what you're going to do when your crisis of belief comes for you. And I also want to tell everybody this here and everybody online, because I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't tell you this. Because sometimes, most of the time, things don't go the way we think they should. Remember the video from last week? That guy, that guy, his life is not going the way he thought it was going to go. And if you base your willingness to act on the outcomes you expect, you will at some point in all this get discouraged. Like if you base your willingness to act on the outcomes that you expect from God, 
you're going to get discouraged in some time, at some point during all this because our faith is not based on outcomes. Our faith is based in God's promises and our faith is grounded in Jesus Christ. Hebrews 13.8 says this. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so online and here we choose every day to put our faith in God. And online and every day we choose to put our faith in the action because that's our responsibility. That's what we're supposed to do. The outcome for all this faith in action, that's God's responsibility. And God will take care of all that. And so why do we do all this? Like, why does it matter online that you carve out time like every Sunday? Man, I am online every Sunday when I'm not in here. And it is amazing to see the community of people that is developing online, that are helping people, that are praying for each other, that are reaching out for each other. It's always been amazing in here to see the people that are helping each other, that are reaching out for each other. But why do we do all this? Because you have no idea what our God can set into action through one single faith. Through one single like, like step of faith and action. Amen? Amen? Let's look at the memory verse one more time. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone, come, anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So one last time, online and here. So what you going to do? When your crisis of belief comes for you. Like, how are you going to put your faith into action this week? Like, how are you going to step out and put your faith into action this week?